0: Okay, so today we are in Luke chapter 5, the first 11 verses. Um, uh, it's a short uh, story, but a powerful one. Let's pray. Uh, Father, we do thank you and praise you for this day. We thank you for your word. We thank you for uh, this time that we have to, uh, to gather together, uh, to, to worship you, to fellowship and community with one another. We are Uh, Truly just grateful, Lord, um, for where we live. Uh, We thank you for the the freedoms that we enjoy, uh, the security that we have, um, just to worship you. We don't worry about persecution. We don't worry about these sorts of things. We are allowed um, to gather to worship and and to honor you with our lives. Uh, We're reminded today that much of Christianity, many of our brothers and sisters in Christ today and historically have not enjoyed these same freedoms. And so um, I do believe maybe our freedoms make it harder, Lord, for us to, 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 to commit and to get fully um, just surrendered to you because it's, it's easy to kind of um, waffle between worlds. And so, Father, I do pray that through this time, of studying your word as we see uh, just this miraculous event uh, that happened in the story. We pray, Father, that you would allow the story to come to life, that you would help us to to truly see Jesus for who he is and that we would just find ourselves in awe of him and that we would be uh, longing just to be closer to you, that we would long to serve you with all that we are We love you, Father, and it's in Christ's good name, I pray. Amen. All right, so Luke chapter 5, starting in verse 1. Now it happened while the crowd was present, pressing around him and listening to the word of God. He was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, and he saw two boats lying At the edge of the lake, but the fishermen had gotten out of them and were washing their nets. And he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and he asked him to put it out a little way from the land. And he sat down and began teaching the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered and said, Master, we worked hard all night and caught nothing, but I will do as you say, and let down the nets. When they had done this they enclosed a great quantity of fish, and their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners on in the other boats for them to come and to help them. And they came and they filled both the boats, so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw that he fell down at Jesus' feet saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For amazement had seized him and all his companions because of the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not fear. From now on you will be catching men. When they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. And Father, we do thank you again for this story. We pray, Father, that you would help us uh, to experience it, that it would come to life for us in our, in our mind's eye. We love you, Father, and it's in Christ's good name I pray. Amen. All right, at the very end of last week in Luke chapter 4, verse 43, we, we read that Jesus said, I must preach the kingdom of God to the other cities also, for I was sent for this very purpose. And so... That's sort of the last thing that Jesus says as we enter into this story. We have no idea if this story is is hours later or days later or weeks later. But the way Luke writes, Jesus sort of presents his mission that he has to go out, he has to share the gospel, it has to go forth. And then we come to this story and we read, now it happened that while the crowd was pressing around him. So we'll just kind of start with now it happened. I think that the it here is the the event that's about to happen this miraculous event with the fish now it this event happened that while the crowd was pressing around him and listening to the word of god so Jesus is teaching he's going about the crowds are building and sort of the the picture that i have in my mind is they're they're building they're building jesus keeps like backing up backing up backing up backing up backing up now he's like ankles are in the water. And he's like, I have nowhere else to go because the crowds are so great. We're told that they're pressing around him and listening to the word of God. and He was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. This is how Luke refers to the Sea of Galilee. If we go to the next slide, just to sort of orientate ourselves to this area. Um, The Sea of Galilee is a pretty big lake. I don't have all the dimensions off the top of my head. I should, but I think it's like eight miles wide and like 13 miles uh, north to south. On the northern on the northern edge, there it's the the triangle area of ministry. It's okay. She's cute. Uh, <laughs> Mom and dad are panicking, but it's you know it's all good. Um, this area between Capernaum, Chorazin, and Bethsaida. This is the area where where a large portion of Jesus's ministry happened. Like many of these stories are in this region. Super, super beautiful. If you go there today, it's very, uh, they haven't done really anything to it. So you can see it sort of as it is, or as it was, I should say. Um, This area, just a little bit to the west here, uh, Tabga, I think is how you say it. Uh, This is an area, we don't know if this is the place um, that today's story happens. It, I kind of think there's a high chance that this was uh, Peter's fishing spot. Um, this is uh, where the Church of the Primacy is located, and the Church of the Primacy is known for at sort of the, uh, the end of the story of the gospel, after uh, Peter had uh, denied Jesus three times, or he, he had denied him three times, the rooster crows once, and then Peter goes back to his, his livelihood of fishing, and it's believed that this is a spot where, where Peter is fishing when Jesus is on the lake um, with a little fire, and then Peter comes, and that, that Jesus restores him. So I sort of believe that this is sort of like the headquarters of, um, of where Peter staged, and I think there's a high chance that this is where uh, today's story happens, but we really just don't know. Like, we know this, but I do have a picture of this spot, that we'll just keep on the background, so you can kind of imagine it. We can go to the next slide here, and so to the left over here, this is the the, the Church of the the Primacy, and then this is the the beach location, sort of looking over to the the east side, eastern side of the lake. Capernaum would be over to our left, but it's all really close. Um, but it's just uh, beautiful. I mean, there's a lot of uh, Israel has a lot of similarities to California, so it's kind of like you're looking over to the Central Valley, you know? And so this is uh, uh, maybe Lake uh, Nacimiento, I think is how you say it, you know? Uh, but it's not, it's the Sea of Galilee. And so this, this could be the actual location where this story unfolds. And so I, I like this because you can kind of imagine, here's the crowds down on the beach. Jesus is, is backing up to the, to the lake. He has nowhere to go. And we're told at this point, that he sees two boats lying at the edge of the lake. And so he sees these, these two boats. He's like, ah, I, can, I can do something with this. Um, they're not exactly his boats, we learn. Uh, the, we learn that the fishermen had gotten out of them and they were washing their nets. We'll later learn in the next verse that one of these boats is, is Simon's. That's Simon Peter, Peter the apostle who we know and love. Um We see these basically commercial fishing boats. This is a a professional operation. The fishermen had fished all night long, and now they're sort of tending their nets. Uh, This this always takes me back to the story, kind of the scene takes me back to my Navy days because I can relate to this so much. We we have our little zodiacs. We'd be out all night. And then you're all tired and miserable when you when you come back in in the morning and the sun's coming up and the sun just seems super bright when you've been working all night. And, and, and our policy was always, okay, you have to take care of team gear and then department gear, and then you can take care of your personal gear. And so here are the guys, they're back, the boats are taken care of. Now they're going through the painstaking process of like getting all of the nets sort of cl- like cleaned up, folded right so that they'd be ready to go for the night before, they're working. Jesus is not a fisherman, right? This is just, a, he's, he's, he's a carpenter. And in our minds, I think that we think of carpenters as being woodworkers, but I think that we should probably see Jesus as more as like a mason. Like I think it's more understood that he probably worked more with like stone type carpentry, you know, based on what the buildings were. Uh, this is not his, his uh, department of expertise, but he sees the boat he's like, I'm going to get into one of those boats. And we're told that it was Simon's. And then he asked Simon to basically push the boat out a little bit. And so what I imagine, I'm not going to put this table, uh, I'm not going to exercise any faith right now, but I sort of imagine sort of them swiveling it around. And then Jesus just kind of getting on the bow of the boat and sitting there with his feet kind of like dangling in the water. He would have the, 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 the lake behind him, his voice would carry to the crowd. It would give the people sort of a line of where they can't come. And then he's teaching. We have no idea like what he's teaching them. Um, he asked them to put a little way from the land and he sat down and he began teaching the people from the boat. And so here he is, he's teaching the people. We know that uh, his teaching was different than any other person's. He taught with authority uh, clearly, he is the author of the scriptures, and so he can teach and present. And they're listening, and they're just eating it all up. And I and I don't think he's necessarily crossed any lines with lines with Simon. Like Simon's like, okay, sit on the boat, push it around. I don't know if the fishermen are still doing their work, sort of listening to him out of the corner of their ear, or if they're taking a break to follow this guy, or if they're getting ticked off because the crowds of people are like. I've noticed that fishermen can be kind of cranky, you know, like, <clears throat> and we know how this, I'm going to try not to make eye contact with Jim, but it was too late. I made eye contact with Jim. <clears throat> we know how the night goes, or we're going to learn how the night goes. They didn't catch anything. So even more reason for them to be cranky. And then if they're trying to do work, and if the people are interfering with them doing their work, I could see them like, well, this, is like our, this is like our place of operation. Can these people go away or whatever, or they're done? I don't know. But Jesus is teaching the crowd. It seems to go on long enough that he's concerned about their hunger and he's, he, he's going to care for them, which we're, we're getting to. So I, I still don't know what Peter's doing. If they're still, It seems like they're still cleaning their nets. Seems like they're still taking care of business, getting ready to go out the, the next night or the coming night. Uh, when he'd finished speaking, verse four, he said to Simon, um, put out into deep water I let down your nets for a catch. I wish I could see Peter's, the look on his face. You fish for fish when it's dark, when it's like the water's colder, they're more apt to to be hungry. Uh, They just wrapped up an unsuccessful night of fishing. Jesus isn't a fisherman. And now there's like all of these people around. And, and the one thing I know about fishermen, even if like, if you're lake fishing and they're fishing, attempting to catch, they don't call it catching, they call it fishing. That's a, a joke, you know, it's like a... <clears throat> but if people come around like, shh, you're scaring the fish, you're scaring the fish. Now there's like thousands of people on the shoreline. So they've already been unsuccessful. Now there's people scaring all the fish away, and now it's the middle of the day and they've just cleaned all of their nets and they actually needed to do this work. So if they go through all this process again, it's just like a lot of work. And I think we can see Peter's tone. Simon answered and said, Master, and it's interesting, this word is different than the word that comes later in the story. This is a word that basically is saying like, if this was Spanish, he'd be like, jefe, like, I know you're the boss, but stay in your lane. <laughs> like, you can do your teaching, you can do your pastoring, but when it comes to fishing, leave it to the pros. He said, we worked hard all night and we caught nothing. Like, this is a total fool's errand. You're, we literally just got back out. I mean, the fish aren't biting, but they were doing it with nets. Like, they just cast down. They're just, they are not present. But then he says, but I will do as you say and let down the nets. And I think somehow in these two phrases, there's, I think that there is a beautiful lesson here. Peter worked hard all night unsuccessfully. And now he says, but I'll do as you say. And I think so much in this, I don't want to over-spiritualize this conversation, but I think a lot of times we come to God and said, I'm going to do all this hard work. And God's like, I'm not asking you to do hard work. I just want you to walk with me faithfully and be obedient to the things that I'm asking you to do. And so right in this, Peter's like, we see, like, I think it just sort of encapsulates Peter's personality. Like, like, God, I've worked all night, or hefe, I've all, worked all night unsuccessfully, and what you're asking us to do is foolish, but you know what? I'll do what you say, and I'll let down the nets. And so when they done this, so they let the boats out, they go out. there, And I just imagine Peter, like with the guys, like, hey, guys, like, you guys know Jesus. Like, he's got all these crowds, Like, we just want to make him happy. Just go out a little bit. Like, I know how I would respond. I'd be like, just kind of like gently open up the nets and just kind of like get them underwater enough so it looks like we did it and then just bring them up real neatly so we can call it a day. (laughs) Like, just let's, let's do it but you don't have to really do it. Like, you know, like kind of like, we know, just do it for me, we'll give you, I'll give you guys a bonus, you know, like don't like. And so they did this, and it's like the fish were like jumping in the nets. Like it's like, what is going on here? When they done this, they enclosed a great quantity of fish. And he goes on, and so many fish that their nets began to break. Like so much that not only the nets began to break, but the boats are gonna start to sink. When they done this, they enclosed a great quantity of fish and their nets began to break. And they signaled to the partners of the other boat to come and help. And they came and filled both of the boats so that they began to sink. This is just like, this is crazy. Like, I can imagine them like, hey, guys, we need some help over there. Like, what do you mean you need help over there? I was like, we, we can't get them out. Like, you guys are like joshing us. Like, I, I can can you, I mean, I can see the guys like, oh, it's so heavy. Come on, guys. Come on. It's like, there's not fish over there. Like, and and they get over and it's like they start lifting and then the nets begin to break and then they are super in awe of like what is happening like like the boats are now going so low that water is spilling up over the edges and, and at this moment for peter his whole world was kind of turned upside down because he is a fisherman he knows that they were out there all night. He knows how the patterns work. And if there's no fish, there's no fish. You can drop a net all day long. There's no, if, 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 it's like going to your swimming pool and saying, drop a net. Like Jesus saying, hey, go out to your swimming pool. A lot of you guys have swimming pools. You're hungry? Get your nets, throw it into the pool, and we'll get some fish. It's like, Jesus, like, that's not how it works. But if you go to your pool and all of a sudden you pull up all of like this halibut and trout and all kinds, like whatever your favorite fish is, the nets are busting. You would have the same sort of reaction that Peter's having. He falls down at Jesus's feet and he says, get away from me, go away from me, Lord, for I'm a sinful man. And it's like, what does this reaction have to do with catching fish? The reaction has to do with, In this moment, Peter knows exactly who Jesus is. Like the fullness of his deity appears to Peter in this moment. Uh, Kent Hughes says this, A series of thoughts flashed through the fisherman's mind like lightning. He saw that Jesus belonged to a sphere sphere to which he did not belong. Here was the Lord of Fish and Fishermen the Lord of nature, the Lord of men and their daily work. If at this point, Peter did not fully understand that Jesus was the Christ, he did at least understand the divine presence was in Christ. And thus he called him Lord, a very different word than hefe. This is Lord. Peter knew he was in some way in the presence of God. And his reaction is very much like we find of Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 6, like, woe is me, I am ruined. Uh, my, I have unclean lips, depart from me. Like, I have no business being in your presence. When you're confronted with the deity of God and his holiness and your creator, it's really highlighted who you are. And these two things don't mix. I love what Ironside says. He says, whenever you find men or women talking about their own righteousness, bolstering themselves up by the records of their own good works, you may be sure that they have, not, they have never actually been in the presence of God. Doesn't matter how righteous you think you are, when you encounter God, that's all wiped away. And we're told in verse 9, for amazement had seized him, that's Peter, and all of his companions. These are the guys that Jesus is recruiting to his team. These these are men that if they had been selected by other rabbis, they would be on the sort of the religious track studying under their rabbis. These are all the guys who went up through the religious track, were passed over by all the other rabbis at like 12 years old and they said, just go back to your family's business and they're going about their family's business. And all these guys, they begin by encountering who Jesus is before Jesus asks them to follow him. But for amazement had seized them and all of his companions because the catch of fish which they had taken and so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who are partners with Simon. These guys' lives were This was the beginning of their, like, being totally transformed into totally new people. And if we gain anything from today's story, my my prayer is that God would get a hold of each one of us, that we encounter Christ in this way, that we see him in his majesty and his magnitude, because if we're going about our lives sort of ho-hum and sort of just sort of apathetic about God and and sort of the Bible and these things, it's because we haven't encountered the living God. Because when we stand before Him face to face and we see who He is, it should cause us to bow down and, to, and humble worship and to say, "Lord, like I'm not worthy to be in Your presence, but if You're going to, like, if You're calling me, like, help me to follow You with everything that I have." And then Jesus responds. And Jesus says to him, don't be afraid because to stand in the presence of God is to be fearful. And we're told all through the scripture that the beginning of wisdom is to have the fear of the Lord. And so Peter, in this moment, he has the fear of Lord. He's, everything is rightly positioned. He knows clearly who God is. He knows who he is. He understands that there's no business of these two having anything to do with each other. He's pleading with Jesus to depart from him. And Jesus says, don't be afraid, Peter. I love you. I know you. I've, I've, I've called you for this very purpose. And he says, do not fear. And I don't know if Jesus has, I don't think Jesus was joking, but I'm reading it. Like I read for now, you'll be catching men. And I'm thinking because he can't catch fish, (laughs) you know, like, like, (laughs) I mean, it has to, I mean, I think the context, he didn't catch any fish. He thought he knew everything about catching fish. Jesus caught fish. Peter's like, hey, don't worry about it. Like, stay close. Like, I have, I have different things in mind for you. You're going to be catching men. And when they brought their boats to the land, they left everything and they followed him. Now, this isn't like they, they, they sold everything. We know that at the, at the end of the gospel, Peter, Peter goes back. These are like family businesses. But I think it, what it means is like, in this moment, they had jobs. And if you are a business owner, it would be like, you encountering Jesus, Jesus says, follow me. And you're like, okay, uh, guys at the shop, you just take care of business. I, I don't know where this is leading, but I, I'm following this guy. And so when they came back, you know, three years later, the, the, the business was still there, but they, they left everything to follow after Jesus. It's, it's, it's beautiful. I'm going to end with a quote from exalting Jesus in Luke. And this author, I can't say his name. He's from Africa. It's like a Thebidi, Abiridi, something like that. But I'm just exalting in Luke um, to give him credit. Um, he writes, uniquely here is a holiness that comes to sinners. Rather than going away, Jesus says, join me. Here is a holiness that uses a confessing sinner in its mission. Here is holiness that not only calls the sinner, but commissions the sinner to become a fisher of men. Here is the holiness so stunningly beautiful, it causes a man to leave everything for its sake. It gives the former sinner a new purpose, direction, and call. And this is like the gospel at its very essence, is that all of us have fallen short of the glory of God. The incarnation says that Jesus stepped out of heaven, he came to earth, and he walked in a manner to fulfill the law. He walked in a manner that we could see God as best as we can see God in our sinful state. He exposes us our sin and he says, don't be afraid, I've, I've covered the cost. It's paid for In his death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, follow me, trust me, live your life by faith. And that's what he's asking us to do today. And that's my prayer for us, is that we would encounter this Jesus who can do whatever he wants to do because he is God. He is the creator and sustainer of all. He is worthy of our praise. He is worthy of our surrender. He is worthy of us surrendering everything to him. And so, Father, we come before you and we acknowledge that it's so difficult for us to see you for who you are. And so, Father, I pray that you would help us to see you, to see Jesus in all of your glory and all of your splendor and all of your majesty to the point that we would be stopped in our tracks, that we would have a healthy dose of fear for you, that we would have this reverence for our creator. And that we would hear your voice, don't fear, I love you. I've paid for your sin, past, present, and future. I don't want or need you to do for me. I want you to respond to me in faith and trust and belief. And so, Father, I pray that you would give each of us a greater understanding of grace a greater understanding of what it means to live and to walk by faith, that we would boldly enter into your your realm and into your arms, not because of our goodness, not because of our works, but because of your mercy and grace towards us. Father, help us to understand this more and more each day. And it's in Christ's good name I pray, amen.